Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Damashek Football Program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to a most auspicious podcast. Episode number 100 of the Dave Damashek Football Program, available as always on iTunes and at NFL.com slash Sheck, S-H-E-K. Subscribe already. What, what, what you waiting for? You've had 100 episodes already. Let's jump right into it here. A big show lined up for you today. Some surprises, uh, producer Black Tie promises, behind the glass. Let's start it off by saying hello to the man who's been seated to my immediate right for all 100 or close to 100 episodes of the Dave Damashek Football Program. From NFL.com, Adam Rank. What's the poop, fella? Hey, boss. Thanks for having me all these times. All 100 or close sure. to it, as you said. It's uh, It's been fun so far, and I'm looking forward to the next 100. Oh, I'm glad it's entertained you. Now, I first of all, we got to get a picture here, Black Tie. we got to make sure for the uh, for the show, you got a, you got a number five L.A. Rams jersey. L.A. Rams jersey. That's a Dieter Brock jersey. That is correct. I don't even want you to. I don't even need to get the ding on that one. I say that we don't give out any awards today. We're a team today. No, 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 no. That doesn't go far enough. We're a family. <laughs> so I don't want. I don't want uh, one of us to be placed uh, above anyone else. So how are you? Any reminiscences that you'd like to share, Rank, or should we just jump right oh, into I it have, here? I have a huge reminisce. I want to remember my song when we used to play it on this show. Black tie, hit my music. The only man who likes to hear a song about the fact that he's morbidly obese. All right, yes. I hope that makes you happy there. It does make me happy, and I think it, it makes the rank amateurs happy, too. Here's what we've got to come in the course. Track down uh, rank. If you count yourself among the rank amateurs, track him down at Adam Rank on the Twitter. And um, so here's our show. One of our favorite guys, our, our ambassador of film here on the DDFP, A.J. Hawk of the resurgent uh, Green Bay Packers. A lot of people now talking about them as the best team in the NFC. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit aggressive, but still, we'll talk to him about movies and such. Also, Black Tie promises 
a surprise guest. Plus, we are going to catch up with our uh, favorite Miami Dolphins fan from across the pond. Who is across the pond right now? Mm-hmm. It's Handsome Hank. We'll catch up with him. He's over there for the uh, for the England game. What do they call that thing? The uh, International Bowl? The American Bowl? Is that? No. I don't is that think the that's old, right. the International Series? do they have some name for that thing? They're good. They're, now they're going to be. Calling? Next year, it's going to be Big Ben in Big Ben. Ooh, I bet I'm the first one to come up with that. Wow. Trademark it. You know, the Steelers and the Vikings are playing there in September. All right, let's say hi to the guy behind the uh, the glass there. Producer Black Tie. What's the poop, fella? What's going on, guys? How are you? Hey, good, muzzle good. tough to you on your show, getting to number 100 here. No, this is uh, number 71 for me, I believe. How many? Of, you've done 71 of these? About about there. I think I started at uh, 31 or 32. Okay, yeah. how, about, how about we don't count the ones you mailed in? And the Wait ones where we had, like, we've had Wilk tie sit in, Blue tie, Mai tie. We've had the a original lot of Neck tie and shout out. That was still on their my direction, though. Oh, that's Even still under your. Oh, okay. By the way, we, we, do, uh, we should say a shout out quickly to all the producers who've been behind the glass for the 100 episodes, starting with our original Neck tie. Right. And then it became Tie Dye, as you said. And then we went on to oh, Wilk tie. Yeah, yeah and, then we, and then Black tie. Then Blue tie has emerged. Big tie rack for yes. in, here in uh, Studio 66. And now let's also say hello. Well, you know what? Before we say hello to uh, two of our favorite guys who've emerged as regulars and uh, emerging stars here of the podcast, quickly, Black Tie, do you want to give your shout-out now? Yeah, sure. I mean, This is you, something you, over you, the last— I, w- I want these guys to be on when I'm giving the shout-out. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, maybe well, they're involved in it then. All right, from around the league, two of our favorite scribes, they report on all things NFL. Up to the minute, breaking news. They let you know what's going down, and they always do it with a bit of mirth. From around the league, the stars of the uh, of the debate club, Mark Sessler, a.k.a. Mr. Fancy Pants, and Dan Hanzus. What's the poop, fellas? Proud to be here. I'm really. I was actually a little bit nervous during the intro. Because yeah, this like seems like a big deal. It's almost like I expected you guys <laughs> don't to be worry. wearing tuxedos or something. Right, it, yeah, it's it not a big, big deal. I'm wearing a Dieter Brock jersey. I don't think it gets more formal than this. <laughs> were you, how old were you when you bought that? Uh, thirty nine. <laughs> That's a great looking jersey. There certainly better than what the Rams are currently wearing out. On well, the they field. don't. The Rams don't exist anymore. Yeah, so that's that's a recurring theme here. 100 is your first episode of this podcast, then uh, you should be made aware of the fact that as a lifelong L.A. Rams fan, Rank turned his back on the team when they moved to St. Louis. But good news for you. They'll be back soon. I say in 2013, 2014, they, maybe the Chargers too, will be paying a visit to L.A. permanent-like. Yes, it seems that way. It seems like it's building towards that. All right, fellas. So we have a lot of show to get to. Anything you you want to discuss today, football-related? I mean, the Packers, we got them coming up. It looks like they're good. Do we buy that they're now the best team in the NFC? Are they even the best team in their division? Do we we want to start there coming off of the the Monday night affair where they at least defensively dominated the Detroit Lions, which I think everyone in this room, if I'm not mistaken, foretold when we made our predictions preseason – did any of us have them as a playoff team? I think I did. Yeah. Rank, I was just going to say, I think I Rank, you had them, and I said that they would uh, they would plummet, and so they have. Hanzus, how say you? We're talking about the Packers here? Yeah. I, I, I picked them to win the Super Bowl, so I, I'm pretty happy that Aaron Rodgers has found his his mojo here. we got to get a better nickname for him, though. Yeah, well, I... That I, creepy guy who the Yankees don't want yeah, and yeah. everything. I mean, that's, that's a terrible guy to have, share a nickname with. you got to get a better well, one. Well, I thought I, I tried to push this on the uh, on the, on the NFL.com to make him A-Rod and A-A, 
dash rod. But in the edit process, it always got knocked out to just A-Rod. <laughs> Why? He's not a recovering alcoholic. No, because Aaron is AA, whereas Alex Rodriguez is Ah, Rod. Ah, Rod. Not good. It didn't catch, no. though. No. And then, Thumbs yeah, down. some, some I, editor I, sees that and doesn't realize what you're going for and thinks you just made a mistake, right. so they correct it. It wasn't that good anyway. No, so. That, yeah. one, that yeah. will not be they floated out. <laughs> when we talk to Hawk, we will not float that nickname I'm going to pretend there. I never heard that. Sessler, <laughs> how say you now about the Pittsburgh Steelers? A very impressive, you know, look, I wear it on my sleeve. I bleed black and gold. My credibility is owed to the fact that I've obsessively watched football for many decades now. I, I live and I die with my team, and that's it. And I'm not going to apologize for it. I, though, was stunned. I was ready to close the book on the Pittsburgh Steelers for 2012. I thought that the injuries were too many. I didn't think they could. And they go into Cincinnati against a Bengals team, also desperate for a win. They lose to the Dolphins and the Browns. You figure the Bengals on the big stage, the lights on them. This is a good, talented, young football team. They desperately needed the win and give themselves some credibility by beating the Steelers in a in a difficult spot for those Steelers. <laughs> and the Steelers win it. They go in there and they do it. And why do they do it? Injuries, drop passes. Do you have a question for The them? Pittsburgh Steelers have number seven, Big Ben Roethlisberger. When's he going to get his do as B. I don't care about this elite nonsense. When's he going to get his due as the guy you want under center when you need a victory? I say to you, Mr. Fancy Pants, Mark Sessler, when? I have some bad news for you. <laughs> what? I mean, that preamble was precious, but <laughs> the Steelers are vulnerable. No, that, well, listen, of course they are. Big Ben. Uh, who's questioning Big Ben? The guy is a mensch. Toughest quarterback in football. A mensch. I don't know. I don't know if that's how I describe Well, I don't know. People may in his he's past a, describe he's, him he's good at football. Yeah. That's that's the way I would have gone. Really but We put him number one at our list of quarterbacks drafted in the first round over, I think it was the past 10 years. Got everyone all worked up because we didn't put Manny number one. We put your boy. Eli. We didn't put Eli Manny right. number one. Right. We put your boy, Big Ben, in You're number one. You're referring to the 2004 draft around the league post? Was that what it was? It was looking back at quarterbacks over the last yes, 10 years. A okay. bunch of failures in there, a lot of head cases. You're they, back in now, right? On the Steelers now. It seems like you were out, and now you're in. Well, I, yeah, I, I, I'm the first one to say. And, you know, these people, I, you know, I go back and forth on that sort of philosophically, the idea that, you know, if you say, hey, this team, I'm turning my back. I'm not, I, you know, I never said I turned my back on them, but I was saying that I don't think they're a playoff team. And truth be told, I don't. I, I guess I probably still feel that way. But yeah, I was the AFC say you beat the is so Bengals. well. The, yeah, the AFC is so crummy that that's what that, that's the way into the playoffs for any of these middling teams. Well, and the Ravens are crumbling before our yeah. eyes. I mean, the Steelers. I mean, listen, that's a team that you can't doubt until they really, I think, have been put in the ground two or three seasons in a row because they keep coming back. You keep thinking something finally is going to age this team. As a Browns fan, let me tell you, the Steelers are never going away in my book. Until they I, well, are, listen, I'm not. I'm not suggesting hey. that the Steelers are are are, are going to start uh, spiraling down the tubes for years to come. My my point is for twenty. I, I mean, the injuries it, are. <laughs> well, the, it's the injuries that have uh, that have been yeah. their uh, undoing this season, yeah. as as it has been the case for a lot of teams. Let's talk about those Ravens. What do we see there? It, it's funny for a five and two team, they get it handed to them, but it's on the road. The Texans are legit. They're trying to, you know, Ray Lewis. This is their first game without Ladarius Webb. Suggs is back and looks pretty good. They get smoked, but it seems like I, I, I'm surprised even 
by the inordinate reaction about like, wow, the Ravens are in trouble. Is that true, Dan Hanzoos? I think two things. I think, first of all, it's becoming a real concern that Joe Flacco is playing so poorly on the road. This has got, you know, I know you hate the term elite, but if he was supposed to be an upper echelon guy, this isn't supposed to be still happening this year. Uh, number two. 53% of his passes completed in the month of October. That's not good. That's, that's almost Sanchez-esque. <laughs> but, uh, and then number two, the Ravens defense, they entered uh, this weekend number 26 overall in the league, and then they get waxed by a, a top conference team. It, it's very possible it's not just that they're beat up, that their defense isn't that good. And that bodes well for your Steelers. And I I do think in general, even... I think both teams, are like, I, the, the phrase I always use about both those defenses, Ravens and Steelers, is that they're brand name defenses and sound scary to people. But if you investigate right. it all, look at the games in 2012, obviously neither defense is, uh, is a world beater. They're not, neither one is in the, the top third of the league's defenses. Yeah. The AFC is just wide open. Look at mm-hmm. my Jets going to New England and almost pull off an upset. Jets aren't that good, but it turns out that New England's not that good. Who's really good at this point? Maybe Houston, but even they got waxed last week. I mean, it's a very strange conference this year. Well, and you could make that uh, case for the entire NFL, but certainly in the AFC rank with what uh, with what Hanzus was just talking about there. I, you know, the Patriots do win the game, mm-hmm. but can you imagine what would be the conversation this week if the Jets had pulled out the Jets with Mark Sanchez? Yeah. I I declared Bill Belichick. I've I talked about the phony uh, moniker that, that that this Bill Belichick is some defensive guru. Eight years after he had a, a really high quality defense, is but I didn't think Mark Sanchez would uh, would be able to beat him in the, you know in in a game in Foxborough. How say you? How bad is this Patriots team, or how m- mediocre, or will, or is this just? Early season jive that come December will be like, I remember that when we thought the Patriots weren't good. Which of those three options? It's one of those things we're going to look back on and be like, oh, yeah, there was a time during the middle of the season where the Patriots almost lost to the Jets. But by the end of the year, nobody's going to care about this. We're going to get out of this mode. of Why? Why is that, though? Based on what are the Patriots going to get out of this? These veteran teams, and this is one of the things that bothers me about the NFL, is that these veteran teams, they just kind of seem to mail it in in a couple of weeks and then, All of a sudden, we need to win a big game. Here we are. We show up. The Packers are a great example of that. Look bad, you know, but when they need their win, they go down to Houston to play a pretty good team. They wax them. Aaron Rodgers throws six touchdown passes, and then all of a sudden, they're the best team in the league. I feel that at some point, the Patriots will be drifting along, and when they need that big win, they'll go out. Tom Brady will throw five touchdown passes. They'll be back, and it's going to be like this every week. Somebody who's supposed to win – We'll lose somebody who. No, that was supposed. But I would agree with you. That was supposed to happen last week. They get embarrassed by Seattle. They need to right the ship. They need to take care of business and lay down the law in the East and and smoke those Eh. those pitiful Jets. And and they still don't. They're still not taking the Jets seriously. (laughs) They barely the Jet. I don't take the Jets seriously. No, the Patriots. Well, they listen. Should. Then the Patriots and I, the Patriots should. and I are. They yeah, need to put out a minimal effort to park our cars in the same garage because the Jets are not worthy of of my respect. And uh, <laughs> or <laughs> Hanzoos, yeah. you wish to defend them in some way? No, I do. Or are they done? They're 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 going to be a six win team. I stay. I still yeah, say that. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not crazy to say they're going to go win ten or eleven games. But I, I'm now fully invested. They're going to put up a good fight. Put up a good fight every week. 
All right. Oh, so, congratulations. So, Black That's eye. how All far right. we went. You went from going to two consecutive AFC championship games to where, hey, this team's on My the right track. star's knee exploded. And then... My Man. number one wide receiver's foot exploded. Mark Sanchez is my quarterback. I, you know, come on, it's this is what it is at this point. Be on the lookout, by the way, for for this week's shame report, which I just shot before we started this podcast. And uh, I asked the question, and if anybody knows the answer, I'd love to hear it. Who is this Liz Frank chick, and what did the NFL players do to her? Because she is <laughs> ruining the feet of NFL players all over the place. What vendetta does she have? Yeah. Angry you know? woman. Yeah, she's like Barbara Hershey in The Natural, exactly. you know? She's worse. <laughs> she's worse. Black tie. All right. Time for your shout-out here, fella. All right, guys. You spoke about the International Series, so I have a London edition of a shout-out this week. International Series, right. Yep. That's and it's uh, my shout-out goes to the guards at Buckingham Palace. Those guys <laughs> that, you, as you've seen all the movies and uh, tourists, uh-huh. and they have to stand still for hours upon end without moving at all, without going to the restroom, without blinking sometimes, really. And all this while people are ridiculing them, taking pictures with them. That is a tough job. Like, I can't stand still for that In long. In the big so. furry it, it, almost, it almost sounds like you're talking about yourself there. Zoned Extremely. out, not paying attention, <laughs> the no. day's look on their There's, face, not paying attention to the world going on around them. You're talking, you're giving a shout out to yourself. I've seen them, and it is interesting that you can't distract them. You go up to them, you do the same stupid stuff that everybody else does. You know, you go up, you take a picture next to them, you do something goofy with them, something lurid perhaps, and they ne- and they don't react in any way. And then I think it's amazing they can do that, but to what end? You know, right. what, what 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 is that accomplishing? What statement is that to to their political <laughs> foes? Are, is is Putin looking at that? Is Ahmadinejad looking at that and saying, "Uh oh, we better not tangle them." They have guys that can stare endlessly forward and not. But what is that? I, are, am I missing something with that? What is the uh, what 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 is our takeaway from that supposed to be? Hanzus, I go to you. Well, I'm actually more curious, and handsome Hank could help us out with this. They do work for the queen. Are they noblemen in their country? Are there people that are respected? Do they make a lot of money? Maybe they have a pretty awesome job. They're soldiers. The military men. Oh, I thought, I don't know. Yeah. Bleed red, white, and blue. How would I know? No, they're loyal, obviously. I used to live there. <laughs> By the way, you did? Yeah. yeah. You as lived a, in London? As a youth. Um, I went to. <laughs> I went many times and took photos. That's why, photos. that helps explain why you're Mr. Fancy Pants. Maybe so. That's uh, why Henry and I just have this, <laughs> we're tight, we're friends. Yeah, yes. shared background. There is something sort of intrinsically erudite about you, and now we've <laughs> we've uh, discovered why. All right, listen, <laughs> fellas, hang out for a second because Black Tie says he's got him on the line. All right, we're going to talk to him right now. Our pal, our ambassador of film here on the Dave Damashek Football Program, and a guy whose team was considered dead. Gone. They weren't going to get into the race. They looked terrible. Now, all of a sudden, the experts have gone quiet while Rank and I still shine through because we said it at the beginning of the season, and so did Hanzoos, too, apparently. The Green Bay Packers are back, and so is our pal, A.J. Hawk. What's the poop, fella? Thanks for having me on, guys. We're here at your 100th episode. It is. It is. And, uh, you know, listen, of course, uh, somebody who can, uh, you know, an honored guest, somebody who can talk movies the way you can is welcome on our show anytime, especially (laughs) for such a prestigious show. How you doing, man? Congratulations on the uh, mini turnaround. Looks like you guys are legit once again. (laughs) Yeah, um, it's funny how the the NFL works, man. It's just, uh, you know, one week you can... You can be in the in the basement, you know. It seems like you're never gonna be able to get out, and then all of a sudden, you win a few games, and 
and you can get going in the right direction. So we, you know, we feel good about where we're at, but we definitely still haven't played, you know, to where we know we can. So we're we're excited that the season's still early. Wait a minute. So I watched that game against Houston, and you're going to tell me that you're not playing. That looked like one of the best games that I've seen out of you guys in a couple of years. You look great. Yeah, I mean, I mean you know, it helps when your quarterback throws six touchdowns for you. So uh, that, uh, you know, I think that's going to be tough for them to top. But, you know, defensively, there's, there's still some plays we left out there that, that we can, you know, we can still uh, capitalize on. But, we're, uh, you know, we're excited about where we're going. We just need to, to keep this momentum going in the right direction. Hawk, here's what we got to figure out. Now, with all due respect to Rich Eisen, the esteemed pioneer of podcasts here at the NFL and beyond, he is coming up with nicknames for guys like Christian Ponder. It's like, all right, Christian Ponder, who cares about What about Aaron Rodgers? Does it strike you guys in the locker room that the best quarterback in the NFL in Aaron Rodgers is shares a nickname with that weird guy from New York City, A-Rod? we got to do better than that, right? <laughs> We do. Do you guys? Do you guys have something? It sounds like you might have something in the works for him. Well, I, you know, I, I have not. I have not meditated uh, on it for one second, Hawk. But listen, let's put our heads together well, and I figure thought, this out. Go well, ahead. When he had that awesome Fu Manchu, I thought we could have gone with a Rocky Three angle and gone with Thunderlips. <laughs> I think he would respect that too. He would like that nickname. I mean, I, I could run it by him when I see him, but uh, you never know. That might that might that might catch on. <laughs> That's the early leader in the clubhouse. All right, okay. we we got to open this up. We'll, I know we're stealing what Eisen's been doing with right. other QBs, but come on, let's address it. You know, top on down, Rodgers is the best. He yes. deserves to have a better nickname. What's he going to do, get Blaine Gabbert's nickname next? <laughs> Speaking let's of, start, Let's start with the good one. Tell me this, Hawk. Shoot straight with me. I don't like jive talk, and so don't jive me <laughs> about this. Uh, every game, it's an NFL game. you got to take the opponent seriously. Tell me how you can see... The Jacksonville Jaguars coming into Lambeau this weekend, maybe without Blaine Gabbert, definitely without Maurice Jones-Drew, a.k.a. their best player. Tell me a way that the Jags beat the Packers this weekend. Oh, man. I mean, there's a million different ways that you can you can get beat. But, you know, I go back to some of the losses we have. If we uh, – the biggest thing, you know, it's going to sound like coach speak or whatever, but the truth is you need to find a way to win the turnover battle. And if we can't win the turnover battle, if we're not taking the ball away and we're giving the ball away on offense, it's tough to win. The team can come into your house and beat you. And that that's happened to us in the past. We need to make sure that doesn't happen for sure. What's uh, Coach McCarthy like in the locker room? I, I I was just talking to another former player about um, you know wh- whether or not the rah rah speeches go on. I've talked to Coach McCarthy once or twice in my life, and he's a he's a Pittsburgher like myself, so I'm, I'm keen on him. But he doesn't seem like the sort who's going to give a Vince Lombardi type speech. Does he do anything behind closed doors to get you guys all jazzed up before the game? Uh, yeah, he actually does. I mean, he does a good job. He, he's definitely a unique type of motivator. I mean, he, he speaks from the heart, and we respect his passion. I mean, he'll come in on a Wednesday morning team meeting at 730, you know, and, and get us going. You could tell he's fired up right off the bat. And But, you know, he's got that Pittsburgh tough guy. You know, he still holds on to that Pittsburgh accent, which you seem to, to shed that. I don't know what you're doing. Your people back home are probably mad at you. You don't seem to have all those all those Pittsburgh manner, you know, in your speech when you speak, but... Uh... You don't think I talk that way, dude. Aaron Rodgers, that dude is... Ter- that dude's awesome, dude. That dude, I, I, I seen him against uh, the Texans. He won that football for touchdowns. He threw six touchdowns, that dude. I'm telling you, you and Coach McCarthy get along great, you know? And the funny thing is, 
Well, Coach McCarthy just there seems to always we have multiple coaches that are Pittsburgh guys that have some kind of ties to the state of Pennsylvania, and it's so funny they just they just keep creeping in on the staff. And uh, I think you guys like to stick together. Yeah, apparently. Oh, they do. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You should go tell him that Wayne Gretzky is better than Mario Lemieux and see how he reacts. <laughs> yeah, he'll probably punch me in the face. <laughs> um, all right, listen, what do you make of a couple of football-related matters to discuss with you? First of all, your brother-in-law, Brady Quinn, has now been announced as the starter for the KC Chiefs this week. What's the, what's the family buzzing about? Uh, well, actually, my mother-in-law just left this morning. She was in town, so she was excited about it. Uh, my wife's definitely excited, and I think um, – I don't know if they expected that. You know, I don't – you know, Brady, I don't know if he had, a, 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 you know, any thought that that was going to happen. But, uh, you know, I think they're, the whole family is really excited for him. You know, they're – what are they, the Chiefs are one and five. So, hopefully, if, if Brady can get them on a roll and get them, get them running, you know, he can – he can do some good things and, and feel good about where he's at. But, you know, it'll be fun. I think it gives them, uh, you know, my, not only my side of the family, but my wife's side, something, uh, another game to watch now and really enjoy it. Don't you think, though, I, you know, to me, he's one of these guys who's not gotten his shot yet. I feel like for some reason, you know, Tony Romo's been the starting QB for seven seasons there with mixed results. It seems to me that everybody's closed the book on Brady Quinn unfairly. He's, he's barely gotten under center in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know exactly what you know the outside view is uh, on him. I mean, I I think he he's a great quarterback. He's got all the tools and he can do it. But playing quarterback in the NFL is it's it's such a tough position. It's so I don't think any of us can even fathom how hard it is. But to be successful as a quarterback, so many things kind of have to fall in place. You know, there's a lot of great quarterbacks. You know that that didn't really get a shot, you know. I mean, look at a guy like a guy like Tim Couch in Cleveland. You know, like, he was thrown to the wolves from day one, you know. I'm an Ohio kid, so I got to see it firsthand. But there's all there's multiple examples of guys that just, you know, for whatever reason, if their team wasn't that good, they, they played a few years and people wrote them off like they didn't have a chance. And then there's other guys that might have stepped into a great situation and, and are, are considered, you know, really good quarterbacks. So I just think it's a, it's a really weird position. It's very tough. But, uh, you know, we're excited that he's getting a shot. When's Pryor going to get his shot? I saw him on the sidelines in Oakland last weekend and asked him when he – I said if this team gets, uh, you know, maybe if the Raiders went to, you know, 2-10 and 10 or something like that, would that maybe they run Pryor out there. What's the buzz? Do you think he's going to make it in the NFL? I mean, he, he should, uh, he's got a chance. I mean, I don't know. Is uh, Leinert still out there too, right? He's another yeah. one. Yeah, Leinert's yeah. another guy. But, yeah, he's yeah. also the backup there. He's another guy who's barely really gotten many sna- snaps in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, it's not. I mean, it's kind of the same thing with every position in the NFL. You, you need to be in the right place at the right time to really have, have great success, but quarterback more than ever. So, you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how all that pans out with those guys like that, but I hope I'm, I'm rooting for any, any former Ohio State guy. You know that. <laughs> well, why did, by the way, why did the Buckeyes struggle? My alma mater, Indiana University, they barely beat the stinking Hoosiers. What gives? <laughs> I don't know. That's a great question. I mean, I've been watching the games. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe they just want to make it close and keep the ratings high. Last week, they, mm-hmm. they, Purdue comes into the shoe and, and it takes until overtime to put it away, and it was a super exciting game. So I don't know. Maybe they just they just like to make these things close and give the fans something to watch. Oh, so you're going to do that against the Jags this weekend? Yeah, I hope not. <laughs> I what, hope not. what about Kamish Goodell talking about the fact that he might uh, say goodbye to the Pro Bowl? This is something I've advocated for some time. I think, let me lay this on you, Hawk. 
I think it would be cool in the week in between the title games and the Super Bowl, you have the two worst teams play. And you call it, like, the loser bowl, and you get it sponsored by, like, Weight Watchers or Jenny Craig. The loser bowl. The two worst teams play. The winner gets the first overall draft pick. You played on a ratty JV field with ugly cheerleaders and such. Wouldn't this be gangbusters? I think so. That might be a... That might be a good game. I've I've never thought of it that way, but yeah, I don't know if, if you call it. You know, in this whole PC world we're living, I don't think they're going to get away with calling it the loser bowl, even hmm. though we are professionals supposedly. But I think you, I think you might be onto something there. Like you said, played on some JV field where the grass hasn't been cut in three weeks mm-hmm. and just looks terrible, and guys are rolling ankles and getting hurt the whole time. That might be fun to watch. AJ, I love you, but you're encouraging them, and I don't like that. <laughs> Are we maybe going to see? Are we maybe going to see? He finally got the validation he's been looking for. Oh, no. Hey, listen. We're going to get in Commissioner Goodell's ear about this. I think he's going to love it when he finds out about it. Is there any chance from what you've seen, Hawk? I know they're in your division. Any chance that if that game did come to fruition at the end of this season, that the Detroit Lions would be one of those two teams? How shocked are you by the way they are playing so far? Well, I mean, I I don't think their players. You know, like the record shows. I mean, sometimes that happens in the league. What are, they only, they only have one win right now. Is that right? Uh, yeah. That? They're two yeah. And oh, no, they're two. Yeah, two they won four. that first game of the season yeah. against the Rams, right? Yeah, I mean, see, they're, they're definitely a better team than the record shows. And I know that sounds like it's just whatever, like I'm trying to give you guys just a garbage answer, but it's true. I mean, they're, for me at least, when I'm looking at them as a defensive guy, their offense is really tough to stop. I mean, Matt Stafford, I think he's a really great quarterback. And obviously, Calvin Johnson's one of the best. So, those guys are tough to stop, you know, defensively. I don't know whatever is not clicking for them, but, you know, we'll see. We get to, we still we still get to play them, so uh, we're, uh, we're looking forward to it. All right, Hawk. Well, one more question for you is um, about that we like to talk movies with you. You are our ambassador of film here on the Dave Damashek football program. What is – well, I'll, I'll let you choose. One of two questions today. Best movie fight ever or the more garden variety than your football player, best football movie ever? You choose which one you want to talk about. Well, I'll, I'll quickly give you the best football movie is Varsity Blues, no question. I can't even Varsity Blues. <laughs> yes. Real here. I'm not. I'm not going with Remember the Titans or anything. I'm trying to be right. entertained. I'm not trying to sit there and listen to pump up speeches <laughs> by Denzel. But um, I like that answer because he's a snob towards Varsity Blues. But I'm with you. I think that's a good movie. It's fun. It's great campy. Movie. It's yeah. I mean, I and we got guys like. Graham Harrell, you know, our, our backup quarterback, I, I talk to him all the time about that. That was his life, you know, playing high school high school football down in Texas. I, he, he basically lived varsity blues. Him and Matt Flynn both. That was his whole life. But, cars and doing crazy things. <laughs> but here's the question I have. I don't know if this is indicative of what goes on in Texas, but do they only have a head coach and that's it? Because when the players revolt, they kick out Bud Kilmer, and then there's nobody there. Lance Harbor or the kid has to take over, and he's he's calling the plays. I don't understand. Where's the coaching staff? You're right. Just one, just one, uh, one coach. You're right, and it's it's similar too. If you watch um, the program, you know, obviously, which is that that's up there with best football movies. Yes, I think they, just have a, they have a, a head coach and then like a D coordinator and. When Latimer's in there in the weight room taking steroids and hand cleaning and kicking the bar, the only the two coaches are sitting there watching them. It's true. You got like an eighty man team with two coaches. That'd be tough. 
And they're top 25, but yes, two coaches. Amazing. Yeah, and well, who, who does, I mean, well, if Vanderbeek's decision making is specious at best, he decides to give the ball to the morbidly obese kid to win the game. Just because it works doesn't make it right. It's like the Bears don't run Jay Cutler. Same thing, you see? Well, you know, Johnny, Johnny Moxon's only one man. He says it in the movie himself. Mm-hmm. It's Vanderbeek. His, you know, he, the thing is, you know, once once Johnny Moxon got the job, he kind of let it go to his head. You saw his girlfriend didn't like him anymore. It just got weird for him. And he let all the publicity go to his head, and he didn't play as well. Well, the most admirable football team in movie history, if you're patting the teams on the back, it's Revenge of the Nerds. The Adams, college Adams, they like they talk about how they're a top ten team in the country. They're all comprised of the Alpha Beta frat house, is everybody on the team. But when they go out on the field to practice, there are like 11 of them. That's the whole team. They're to be patted yeah, on the going, back. They play, they're two-way players. You're going way back on, on the Revenge of the Nerds, man. That's like fourth grade for me, I, but I do remember it was, a good, it was a solid movie. Yeah, I'm old. I'm old. Yeah, it's John Goodman when he uh, before he was morbidly obese. Yeah, he's, oh, he's the coach okay. of the now team. I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. An ogre, and they put the, the icy hot in his jockstrap, right? Absolutely. <laughs> you yeah, know absolutely. your stuff, Hawk. That's why you're our, our ambassador of film. All right, Hawk, yeah. listen. Good luck against those uh, those mighty Jags there. Keep it close for television purposes at the very least. And we'll look forward to yapping with you soon. But also, don't forget, catch up with Aaron Rodgers. we got to figure out a good... Thunderlips is just the tip of the iceberg. I shouldn't have brought it up if I didn't have some some uh, ideas of my own. We'll, we'll get them to Hawk. I'll, I'll tweet them to you, AJ Hawk. Look, at, look, look on your Twitter. I'll send you some good nicknames, and then you can run them by uh, Aaron Rodgers when you get a chance. Sure. And he's at... And uh, AJ's at the at official AJ Hawk. Yes. There you go. All right, Hawk, listen, congratulations on the uh, little turnaround here. Continued success to you, and we'll look forward to yapping with you soon. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. I dig him, Rank. I'm glad he's our ambassador of film. I feel like he knows his stuff, and that pleases me. A wealth of knowledge there. What do you feel like, though, Hanzoos and Sessler? Is Varsity Blues, in fact, the best football movie of all time? Well, it does show that he's a man of a certain age. Mm-hmm. I mean, Varsity Blues, I remember seeing it as a teen and thinking it was, you know, pretty cool, fun movie. Um, but, I don't know, the best movie ever. I mean, what is what is known as the greatest football movie? I North mean, Dallas 40. North Dallas 40? Perhaps yes. the most, uh, they say, most accurate sort of picture. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean, Rudy's the best football movie, right? That's a great movie. Can't I, be Rudy. I'm an Oliver three. Stone fan. I liked Any Given Sunday. Oh, stop it! I you did, did not loved it. loved it. You liked that movie. Loved it. You a know, lot what? of it. A lot of it was based on the Raiders trainer H. Wayne Heisenga, who uh, who wrote a lot of those. A lot of those stories came out of his book. You're okay. It's only a bruise. So that part of it's good, but the bad part of it is, is you don't have the NFL marks. Look who's pretending like he's well-read today. <laughs> That's true. Well, you I- don't have the NFL marks, and that league is supposed to be competing with the NFL. It's not like they exist in some alternate universe. They're actually some sort of UFL team. Oh, really? Yeah, so it's like, okay, nobody would care this much about the Miami Sharks, and how good are you really if you are fail- if you're a third-string quarterback on a UFL type team. That's interesting. I I never knew that, Rank. I had no idea about that. Hey, All right, guys, Black Tie, we have yes. Got a special guest, guys. A special guest. Very special special guest. guest. Special as they come. All right, are you ready for this? this is the Mario Lemieux. Special take another guess. Wayne Gretzky. No, that would not be special. That would anger me, and I don't think there'd be any reason to anger me on episode number one hundred of right. the of the You guys ready? Yes. In all seriousness, ladies and gentlemen. 
is Dieter Brock. Dieter Brock. Well, well, well. Dieter Brock is on the line right now. Hello, Dieter Brock. Hello. Uh, Hello. Speaking with Dave. This is Dave. This is really you, Dieter uh, Brock. This... We talk about you all the time, man. Well, um, it's good to be on with you. I've, I've, you know, it's first time here on your show. Well, uh, I appreciate the time. This now, this see black tie. Kudos to you. This is a great get. We've wanted to talk to you for some time, sir. How are you? And uh, how you living life these days since the NFL and the CFL? Well, um, I'm in Birmingham, Alabama right now. I, I got out of coaching uh, about two or three years ago. Uh, my wife had some health problems, so I got out of it to, uh, you know, be with her. And, um, you know, there's always a possibility to get back in it. But uh, I, I coached for 18 years after I got out, uh, after I left uh, Los Angeles. So uh, it's a little transition. But uh, we're happy and doing a little fishing and just, you know, just hanging out. Not too bad. It's funny. I did know that you were from uh, from the Deep South, but also because I grew up watching you in the early days of ESPN, the, I first became aware of you as the QB of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I watched you torch the CFL for many years before you got to the L.A. Rams, so it's surprising to hear you with a Southern accent rather than a Canadian one. Well, yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a Alabama guy and, uh, you know, grew up here and played uh, – high school football here and went to uh, Auburn uh, originally and uh, I, I uh, transferred from Auburn to Jacksonville State and finished up there and and then went to, to Canada and played 11 years up there in, in the CFL and before I came down to the NFL. And talk a little bit about this, uh, Dieter. This is Adam Rank and you came to the Rams. How did that come about? How did they contact you? Now, I grew up an L.A. Rams fan and we went through a, a long list of quarterbacks, Pat Hayden, Vince Ferragamo, who went to the CFL. Burt Jones and some other guys. How did it come about that you ended up with the Rams in '85? You know, my whole thing was, I, I, you know, it was it was towards the tail end of my career, and I wanted to get with a, a team that had a chance to to win. And Buffalo was was you know had some bad years, and they were rebuilding. Green Bay was, you know, kind of in a similar situation. But um, I'd gotten offers from uh, from Green Bay and Buffalo. And, and Los Angeles, and I think Cleveland was about to to offer me uh, a contract, but I had told my agent that I wanted to go to Los Angeles because that was the best opportunity to, for me to you know play with a good football team. I felt like you know uh, with their with that team there that they had, we had a good chance to to win it all, and uh, you know that's what uh, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to have you know go to a team that had a chance to win and. So uh, I told uh, Gil Scott, my agent, that uh, that's where I wanted to go. Well, so that and and then you do wind up with uh, with those Rams, and you get pretty deep. You did have a a very good season. You you, you win your first round of smoke the playoffs. The yes, you smoke them, shut them out. Then you go to Soldier Field to play that mighty Bears defense. What are your recollections about that game? I think people remember Wilbur Marshall scooping up uh, a fumble and running it in, and that was basically the end of the game. What do you remember about uh, that game, that day, that team? Well, I just remember that they, you know, they had a, a, a great defense. One, probably one of the, you know, the best ever at the time because of the fact of the things that they were doing defensively were were different uh, than uh, uh, than than other teams that had, nobody had really seen anything like that. You know, uh, I just remember they were they were a great football team. It was their year. They were they were you know really just killing everybody and, and knocked several quarterbacks out. 
and, and we just, um, you know, we we did the best we could, I think, but. Uh, you know, it just uh, wasn't our year. What about um, now? Talk about uh, the fact that uh, have you heard from anybody in the world out there? We talk about you all the time on this show because I always refer to that '85 Bears team, and then your name comes up quite a bit. And like uh, Adam said earlier, here he grew up a Rams fan, so your name comes up quite a bit. Not only did I grow up a Rams fan, I grew up in a family of Chicago Bears fans. So I'm a I'm a preteen at this point, popping off thinking that we we killed Dallas. You know, we beat them. I'm, I'm sorry, Dieter. I'm going to include myself on your team. We beat the Cowboys twenty to nothing at home. I'm like, we beat the Bears. We're good against the Bears. We're going to beat them. And so then I had to kind of wear that pretty much to this day. Well, you continue well, to, and he's wearing. By the way, I should tell you, Dieter Brock, Adam Rank seated uh, next to me here is wearing a Dieter Brock Rams jersey right now. Well, I hope nobody. Uh, throws anything at you <laughs> but uh that's that's an uh it's nice that you you're doing that but uh you know um you know it's just uh one, one of those uh years where like i said where the bears had a great football team we had a really good football team uh, uh i think if you know if any other team had been any other team i mean we'd had a chance to you know to to win it that year but i just you know you know it, that was just the, their year and and like i said they had a a scheme on defense and some great players that it was going to be very difficult for them, you know, to, to beat them. Dieter Brock, we appreciate the time. We uh, appreciate your existence uh, because, like I say, we talk about you all the time. And uh, glad to hear it sounds like things are going nicely in the fishing hole and the SEC continues to do well. So it sounds like everything's still going well for Dieter Brock. It is, and I appreciate you guys having me on. Sure thing. All right. Well, hopefully, maybe uh, number 200 or, or sometime before then, we'll talk to you. All right. Thank you so much. There he All goes. Right. Dieter you, Brock. How about that, Rank? Very nice. Now, listen. Kudos to you, Black Tide. Now, that's a get, and that's a good right. guess to get for episode number 100, this auspicious show officially now mm-hmm. over the top because we talked to Dieter Brock. Yeah. I like that. I feel good. I All feel right. good today. I feel then like I've Let's bring it home something. now, Black Tie. I, I don't want to do any more show because there's nothing left to be said. I just want to say a quick hello to our favorite regular, Handsome Hank. If we can get him on the line, we'll uh, we'll wrap the show up there. You know, before we I do will that, say this too is uh, when you're talking about Dieter Brock, he we unfortunately we had to have the time cut short. I I wonder about these guys. You think about him. You think about other CFL guys like Damon Allen when they watch today's NFL must really kick themselves and be like, you know what, I could have thrived in this game. And he was talking about it. You know, open it up. You hear the Patriots talking about this, about their chance at the Super Bowl, about, oh, I wish we had done this. And you really do. You really wish the Rams would have opened it up a little bit more, approached the Bears a little bit Who differently. Who were the pass catchers that year? But it was Ron Brown. See, that was the oh, thing. Yeah. At the end of the half, Ron Brown drops a touchdown pass. And that game goes into the half at 13-7. A little bit different because uh, – Wilbur Marshall's recovery comes real late, and what I didn't was want to, the final of that game twenty, 20 to nothing. Yeah, I didn't want to put it. I also want to put. A, I I really Willie feel, Galt caught a touchdown. Willie Galt caught too, a right? touchdown. Yeah, the one year Jim McMahon's not hurt, but also Eric Dickerson kind of bugged me. It just you know what Dickerson, it's cold. It's and that was the thing. It's like if you hear people talk about it, you know the Rams always lost in the playoffs to Minneapolis, Minneapolis to the. Minnesota Vikings playing outside in Minneapolis because of the cold and playing like that. And then we had a CFL guy, so you're thinking, okay, that's fine. So the weather's not going to be a problem for our quarterback. We've got the best running back in the game because Walter Payton was still very good, but, you know, at the end of his career. 
We've got the best running back in the game who torched the Cowboys. Ran for 248 yards against the Cowboys the week before. So, okay, we can control the ball. The Bears have to respect the run. But Eric Dickerson did nothing. It was All right. opportunities. And, 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 I'm sorry. I, I just talked to Dieter Brock. Like it's, I'm sorry. I just talked to Dieter Brock. I'm sorry. That was exhilarating. That was exhilarating, I'm caught Black up in Guy. The this also figures to be exhilarating. <laughs> we like to see him here in Studio 66, but he's abandoned us. He's abandoned his adopted land, but for good reason. He went to support his beloved football. Mm. Not the kind that they play over where he was born, no. but our kind of football, the kind that he embraces, the kind that he loves. The Miami Dolphins' biggest fan from England, at least, maybe – in all the uh, big bl- on the big blue marble, it's handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank from England. Handsome from England. He's handsome Hank from England. Handsome from England. He's handsome Hank from England. Handsome from England. His name is handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank. Hello, handsome. Hey Dave, how are you? Oh, Good to speak uh, to you. there he is, all there the way is. from England. Oh, technology is uh, is quite a thing. How's it going over in uh, in your homeland, there, handsome? It- it's great, thank you. It's good to be uh, to be home, and also sad to be away from from my other home. Yeah, you just missed it. We just had Dieter Brock on the show. No way. It's yes. true. It's true. Black tie. It, we have, we've had a we've had a gang. I mean, uh, a handsome Hank. We've had a gangbuster show here. Black tie actually came through with a good guest for us. So we talked to him. We caught up with uh, with our pals from around the league, Hanzus and Sessler. So it's been gangbusters. But of course, it couldn't be a proper show. It couldn't be a proper celebration without you, one of our our key figures, or as you would say, figures here on the uh, on the show in our first one hundred. Well, congratulations on number 100, first of all, and, uh, and I'm excited to be part of it. Well, so talk about uh, the game coming up here. You're going to be there on Sunday? I am, yeah. In fact, the Rams just arrived today, um, and they got uh, straight off uh, their plane, which uh, flew them from St. Louis overnight, and uh, met up with 500 school kids from London. Ah. And they've been, um, they've been kind of doing a Play 60 camp with, um, with uh, all those school kids. The whole team showed up. It was great. Um, so I spoke to a few of those guys um, this afternoon. How and weird must that be for those kids, for a team of a sport they don't play, Shows up at school. Now, who are these men? <laughs> who are these large men? Exactly. And funnily enough, of all the players, you know, there was Sam Bradford out there. There was um, Stephen Jackson. There was Chris Long, all these guys. And the one that they all flocked to was Greg Zerline. They just wanted to see the <laughs> That's so perfect. Handsome, I don't mind telling you, I've received since your last episode that you were in here last week, you mentioned that the Patriots are England's most popular NFL team. Just like you said a few months back, you claimed that pretzels don't exist in England. They, I've gotten a number of tweets in the last week saying, where does Handsome Hank come up with this nonsense? I live in England, and I'm telling you, they are not the most popular team. I would say, as, uh, um, I would say to all those people that I worked in the NFL office in London, I did the research that will prove that the Patriots are the most popular team. So whilst I realize that I may be wrong about pretzels, and I, I probably uh, could be proven wrong pretty easily, this is one that I, I'm pretty sure I'm right on. I also what saw you, you tweeted out. I, I saw you. I saw you tweeted out uh, an image of chips of uh, of potato chips oh, yeah. that were what were they shrimp flavored. They're prawn cocktail, Dave. What, here's what's going to happen. I, I promised you a gift from London, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring you 
probably five or six of my favorite flares, flavors of, of crisps, Ooh. or as you guys insist, chips. And uh, we're going to have a taste test at some point in the next couple of weeks. Oh, I can't wait for oh, that. That's going to awesome. be wonderful. And uh, all right, well, we'll do that. And then you've got, uh, so you got the big game. You'll be there. And then when are you going to board the uh, the uh, jet airliner and head back to us? They're going to send me back um, the Tuesday after the game. So uh, about exactly a week from today. All right, very good. So we'll look forward to catching up with you then. In the meantime, you're having a great time. You're eating fish and chips. You're seeing family members and so on. All, all of that stuff, yeah. I haven't eaten the fish and chips yet. I preferred the fish-flavored Ooh. chips instead. So they said prawn-flavored chip, prawn-flavored. Rank, that's disgusting. Love- we'll see. I'm going to keep an open mind. I can't imagine you, I'm going to enjoy that. And uh, your Dolphins get it back on. Have you been able to take in any football, or did you get to watch last uh, last weekend's games? I did. I watched last weekend's games. They're, over here they show one of the games in the early time slot and one of the later ones, and so um, I got to, to watch the Ravens-Texans game. was impressed by the Texans kind of buzzsawing the Ravens a week after they'd been buzzsawed by uh, the Packers. Uh, and then we watched Jets-Patriots as well. Can I tell you one more thing? it would be fun to, to come home at like 2 in the morning after being at the bars all night and then, oh, look. No, the bars, no, off. the pubs in, uh, in oh, London, they, close, they yeah. close surprisingly early. I was disappointed. They really? close surprisingly early. But I tell you one thing, at 12.30, I think it was 12.30 when that um, Jets-Patriots game went into overtime. Um, and then there's a, still the Sunday night game to come, and uh, that was that was that's a bit of a. Ch- I, I used to be very used to that kind of thing, but it was a bit of a challenge. Hmm. Do you realize too? I'm sure it crossed your mind. Had the Jets won that game, that team is not good. The Jets, and they almost beat the Patriots. Had they won that game, you would be in a legitimate position to make a run at that division. I mean, has Absolutely. that occurred to you that the Dolphins could actually – I mean, I, I, ultimately it's not going to end up happening, I don't think. But losses like that that they almost took the Patriots yeah. could have could have maybe actually made you guys at, you know, 9-7 and seven or 10-6. and six, uh, That might win that division. Right, and it goes against every fiber in my body. But I was actually um, hoping that the Jets would win that game because I figured that the Patriots will – win more games down the stretch than the Jets. You know, the Jets will throw a few away. They've got to play the Dolphins this weekend. So I really wanted the Jets to win that game knowing that they're going to lose more going forward than the Patriots probably will do. But um, but never mind. All right, Handsome. We're holding down the fort here for you while you're gone um, here in Studio 66. But throughout the 100 episodes, or at least since we started bringing you in, to Studio 66. I feel the show took off from that day. So uh, so we appreciate all your contributions. Have a wonderful time in uh, in London, and we look forward to seeing you when you're back stateside. Thanks, Dave, and congratulations to you both again on, on number 100. There was a sweepstake. I think I had 10 um, <laughs> and uh, to the, the number of shows you'd get to. So um, I definitely, I don't know who it is, but um, I owe someone lunch. <laughs> well, we'll settle for those chips or the crisps when you get in here. I think Black Tie had three, so you were not as pessimistic as he was. <laughs> All right, enjoy the game, and then we'll see you next week there, uh, Handsome. Thanks, guys. There Thanks, he goes, handsome. handsome Hank, and I guess we have to go, too. It's been a gangbuster show. Thanks to Black Tie for th- for all the uh, for all the keen bookings here. Dieter well, you gotta, Brock, terrific. you got to promote AJ my Hawk. power rankings. I'm going to promote. The, I al- know. the alternative power rankings, NFL.com slash Adam Rank. Well, what I was going to promote, I was also going to promote doing, right? Elliot Harrison's power oh, rankings. Too. Oh, yeah, read those, too. He's got the Falcons at number one. That's incorrect because the Texans belong at number one there. The Bears, that's looking good. Giants, hard to argue with that. Number five, the Niners. wonder how long it'll be to, before we see the Packers in there. 
It's interesting. Maybe if they're the Falcons lose this week, which they will lose. Wonder do you knock the Falcons all the way out of the top mm, five? Maybe. The Packers are going to beat the Jags, of course. Maybe you find a place for the Packers there. But anyway, check that out at NFL.com. Our pal Elliot Harrison, EH, uh, another one of our favorite regulars, um, deserves a shout-out on, uh, on episode number 100. All right, Rank. It's 100. We gave it to Hugh Green on 99. What do we do now that we're at 100? Some good options on Twitter. Somebody said Robert Parrish because he would if you knock off the Gee, one, you get the double do zeros. Then we do Kenny Jim Burrows? Otto and Kenny Burrows Kenny and Burrows. Jim Otto. And somebody wore zero. You know too. what? Somebody wore just this. a zero. I say we do this. We give it to Dieter Brock for joining us today. I like that. I like where your head's at there, Rank. So to Dieter Brock, he gets that. And then on 101, I submit we start doing what we started months ago, naming the player who wore a jersey. I mean, the, the, I'm sorry, naming the jersey that a fan should own. Okay. And then, by the way, uh, speaking of fans, we're going to talk to Rob Riggle, Kansas City Chiefs fan, also from uh, NFL on Fox pregame show. We'll have him on episode 101 and some other stuff for you then. Thanks for listening. Uh, for If you've listened to all 100, special thanks to you. If you've listened to even five minutes of the show, though, thanks for that as well. Subscribe, why don't you? Black Tie, thanks to you. Adam Rank, a mensch, if there ever was one. And uh, and all the other people out there who uh, who make the DDFP so week after week. We'll be back with more Huey and Applesauce later on. But in the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com.